Sunset Lake CBD is a majority employee-owned hemp farm located right outside of Burlington, Vermont. Before they started growing hemp, Sunset Lake Farms produced cream for Ben & Jerry's. Sunset Lake CBD doesn't use any pesticides or herbicides to grow any of its hemp plants, and they use organic fertilizer and other sustainable farming techniques to ensure the long-term health of the soil and to minimize their carbon footprint. So like all of us, my days are really stressful. By the end of the night, my kids are in bed, I'm taking a minute to chill, but I'm still unwinding. I recently started using the Relax Gummies infused with CBD isolate, reishi mushroom extract, and ashwagandha root extract. I'm really glad I tried these because they really helped me get ready for a good night of sleep, and I really think I sleep better, so I'd highly recommend it. So check out Sunset Lake CBD today at sunsetlakecbd.com and use the code HFPOD for 20% off your order. That's sunsetlakecbd.com and use the code HFPOD for 20% off your order. Farmer-owned, Vermont-grown, Sunset Lake CBD. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Hey, listeners, I want to tell you about a sponsor, Music Masters Collective. They're a nonprofit organization that produces unique music events, providing opportunities for fans and artists to meet and collaborate in an inspired and creative atmosphere. Every week, they host different events, all with the opportunity to learn from world-class musicians like O'Teal Burbridge, Trouble No More, former members of the band, Milk Carton Kids, Nikki Glaspie, Bill Frizzell, Sean Colvin, and many more. This June, join the Fab Foe, Joan Osborne, John Sebastian, Marshall Crenshaw, and a great group of faculty for the debut of Magical Mystery Camp. This all-inclusive, once-in-a-lifetime music vacation experience in the heart of the Catskills will be packed with nightly performances, workshops, speakers, song circles, open mics, and a lot more. If you're a performing musician at any level, bring your instrument. If you're a music lover, bring your good spirit. It's an amazing experience for individuals, friends, and couples alike. Registration is open, spots are filling up, so check it out soon. And scholarships are available. Check out MagicalMysteryCamp.com slash HelpingFriendly to learn more. Osiris. And with that, after five weeks of sitting by our computers, waiting, longingly, hoping that at some point the fish from Vermont would return. They finally did. It's crazy when that happens, isn't it? It's like, oh my God, they're back. It they're always like shows sneaks again. up on me somehow. I don't know. It does. I'm really bad and, at you know, calendars, so it's always a surprise to me that tour has begun. <laughs> It's, it's strange, like, I got really emotional when they walked out on stage last year because it was this big 18-month yeah. break. We've all been through something really intense. And they walked out on stage last night, and I was in the kitchen cooking dinner for the family, and I heard, like, the big crowd roar, and usually I'd run into the room, and I was just like, they're back. 
it's cool. I don't have to stress like it, it happened. It's, it's all good. And then they started playing ghosts and I was like, uh, honey, can you take over dinner? Because cool, I, this spatula. And she was like, it's a ghost opener. I need to watch this. And this is, these are, we're going to cover this throughout summer tour. These are the problems of being married to another diehard fish fan. Hmm. But we are not here to discuss that. We are here to discuss fish's tour opener from great woods in Mansfield, Massachusetts, the site of the very last performance of Gamehenge, the site of the last electric foreplay long time, the site also of the, the first, only, right? Maybe the first. Was it the first? I think so. Didn't they play it a bit in Oh no, I guess you're right. You're right. You're right. It's you all acoustic in 94. Oh, sorry to derail acoustic. you there. That's my job. You're okay. I got the the only I'm So good at it. The only little bit and Dr. Gable in fish history happened at Great Woods as well. I'm, I'm looking at you too. The only time in 3.0 and 4.0 that the power went out mid-set, but fish kept playing. They were like, screw it. We're still going to play music. Um, Great Woods is – I've been there twice. It is a venue dripping in fish lore, even though it is the worst venue to drive in and out of. Have you guys been there? No, no, I've never been there. But I, so I can't properly compare, but I will say that um, whatever Nissan Pavilion is called now is um, on par. I have friends. You and Kevin Hogan always reference Nissan late, Pavilion. Hours late for a Radiohead show. Oh, really? Oh, and that's there he is. There's Kevin. There he is. Kevin Hogan. <laughs> Here. He knows. He, he was able to hang out last night to a Wook Plus after show and still come here to troll Nissan Pavilion. We call it No Fun <laughs> Pavilion here in Virginia. No Fun Pavilion. Neil Landry says, friend of the pod, I think the most noteworthy thing about Great Woods last night is that I drove out in under 15 minutes. Dude, that is an accomplishment, and I'd be yes. curious to know if you saw any encore songs. Seriously. <laughs> because I, I think that's impossible. Um, but we're going to get into all this. We have two fantastic guests here today we have dana slattery who can be found online at organic underscore music we have robert kerr who can be found in two places and i recommend following both accounts because they're both worthwhile they're different enough at bob kerr and at fish 2002 at 2022 he'll switch that i promise you in six months to at fish 2003 at 2023 he's been doing it for years but um we're very excited to have them on um, we are going to talk a bit about uh, last night's show. We're going to talk a lot about last night's show. It's going to be great. But before we do that, we have a couple pieces of business that we have to get to. First and foremost, Osiris Media's HF Pod on Tour is sponsored by Passion House Coffee. Here at Osiris, we are powered by a few things. Music, duh, but also coffee. We're always drinking Passion House, and we have our very own blend now, the Ocean of Osiris. Please visit passionhouse. Excuse me. Please visit passionhousecoffee.com to get some of this and other coffee today. And all of their coffee is incredible. Use the code Osiris. It's right here on your screen. O S I R I S for free shipping on every order. And in addition to their sponsorship and their support of this podcast, we have a contest that we are running all summer long. For each fish show, we will be giving away bags of Ocean of Osiris coffee every time fish plays an ocean song. This is up to your interpretation. There's a lot of songs that could be interpreted as the ocean song. 
Last night, there were some ocean songs. So every time you hear an ocean song, tag at OsirisPod and use hashtag Ocean of Osiris. We will select two winners at random each night if they play ocean songs. And last night, like I said, they did. We have two winners. That's so exciting. I was getting texts cool. from my friend Shayna. She was like, they're playing ocean songs, four ocean songs so far. <laughs> Everyone's very excited. It's awesome. <laughs> so our winners today for the tour opener are Mike Lowe, good friend of the pod, can be found on Twitter at Mike Lowe TPT, and Jennifer Callahan, who can be found on Twitter at Jen, another amazing friend of Osiris, of HF Pod. Great, great people who recognized the ocean songs immediately, tagged us, and they win some coffee. It's incredible stuff. Yay. Congrats, guys. Congrats to them. We are very excited to be announcing winners, hopefully daily. Play along. I mean, as so 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 long as Trey decides to sing ocean songs, which seems to be pretty often. You know, as long as Trey cooperates, we'll be giving away a lot of coffee. Trey, we need you to play along. This is good for for a good cause. Um, we also want to tell you, very, 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 very exciting. Monday, Monday, Monday. Osiris Live is coming to the Ardmore Music Hall, Monday, July 18th. This event will be a combination of live music, conversation, and lots and lots and lots of jamming. In the event, we'll focus on amazing guitarists. Musical guests include Tom Hamilton, Chris Forsyth, and Daniel Donato, three incredible guitarists who are playing music across the larger, very, very large and wide jam spectrum in very different ways, which makes this so much cooler because they're bringing a ton to the table. We have a house band, which features Andy Cush of Garcia Peoples, Ryan Jewell, drummer extraordinaire, percussion extraordinaire, music extraordinaire, plays a lot with Chris Forsyth, Chris Forsyth which should be excellent, as well as Ron Stabinski of the Meat Puppets. Each musical guest will talk with RJ and then they'll play a couple songs with the backing band. The night will conclude with a super jam featuring all of the musicians. We want to thank our sponsors, Tonewood Brewing, as well as the Ardmore Music Hall. If you are going to the man shows, this is a great way to kick off that two night run. Visit OsirisPod.com slash Osiris Live to buy your tickets. No. And we have a lot more coming, a lot more information about future events coming here this summer. So very, very excited. This is going to be an amazing, amazing event. I cannot wait for it personally. I, I will say uh, they announced the new Chris Forsyth album, which I've been anticipating. Uh, Ryan, Ryan plays drums on it, and the first single is amazing. And I can't wait to hear the rest of it. And maybe we'll hear a taste of it on Monday. Maybe we will. Awesome. Would, I'll be there. It's an excellent single. He is, that dude is one of my favorite guitarists of all time. Uh, ben Goodrich says, buy a whole ticket, buy a ticket for the whole seat, but you will only need the edge. I agree with that. You're just going to be line. standing up and rocking the whole time. That's a good way to look at it. All right, let's go ahead here. We are going to bring on our guests for today's show, Mr. Robert Kerr. Miss Dana Slattery, how are you two doing today? Fantastic. Yeah, properly caffeinated um, for how recently I, I saw fish. Uh, eye cream is applied, so I'm feeling pretty good. <laughs> You're ready. You're ready. Yeah, yeah, ready to rock. 
the, <laughs> the morning after the fish show, you're like, that was, that was a little bit more than I expected. It's, it always, you wake up and you're just like, wow, I'm like, my arms hurt. My like legs hurt from dancing. And I'm a little bit like just sensory overload. It's a good thing. Yes. That, that is assuming that you went to sleep. This is true. This is true. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, I got, got a full, full, full run in last night, and uh, the show was incredible energy. I thought, um, yeah, great, great energy in the tour opener. Yeah, it was a killer, killer opening to the show. Um, Dana, tell us, were you coming from out of town? Or are you are you from Boston? What what was your story getting to the show last night? So I actually live not too far away. I live out in Western Mass, sort of by like the Northampton area. Um, so it's like about an hour and a half drive, which is like, you know, like running down the block if you're like as dedicated to seeing fish as I am. Um, so yeah, back home last night, um, wasn't too hard getting in. I did, I will admit I missed the ghost opener, um, but that's not our fault. I, I think that's Mansfield's fault, the traffic scene outside that venue is just like crazy we got there and then we're like we're here and then but it's like 20 minutes wait a minute mm -hmm. so. seven the, second, the second uh half of the sandwich the other half of the bread there there you go you got the finish that's why trey finished it he knew you were walking in late that's a perfect uh, <laughs> that's why he keeps finishing these jams yeah the traffic there and the seven o'clock ticket time is our two kind of like oh that too you. yeah I, I yeah, missed the end it. of the show to avoid traffic, so that's the whole Great Wood experience. I missed um, that's it. <laughs> sand in the encore. So <laughs> wow. it's uh, it's funny. The two times I've been to Great Woods, I've driven in from Boston, and the people I've been with, it seems we've all forgotten going in that like you have to deal with Boston traffic, mm -hmm. and then you have to deal with Great Woods traffic. And so on both sides, you're just like if you don't leave by like one thirty, two o'clock, you're 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 screwed. And that's coming from Boston. It's insane. Mm -hmm. Right, right. The closest city. Yeah, there's like, the closest there's city no city. winning. And I saw so many people pulled over on the side of that traffic, like making little pee stops just like in the woods. At first, I thought they were just like running into the venue. I was like, go. But then I realized they're, they're just like, they've just been sitting in traffic so long. <laughs> this well, is this like is... so confusing to me how concert <laughs> venues can like not have traffic figured out. Particularly it's not like this venue is new. Yeah, it's like, been you've been like, doing this for a while. You you would wonder why they don't build another road. It is it right. is the yeah. one road in, one road out that is always a challenge. But this is actually a great transition into our first segment of the show, which is the vibe of the show. This segment is sponsored by Section One Nineteen, which is your destination for subtle yet sophisticated merch, which allows you to express your appreciation for music in a comfortable and unique way. Please visit section119.com and use the code SUMMER22 for 20% off. So, Dana, you've been talking about the vibe of the show being a bit hectic going in with traffic and whatnot. Bob, how was your experience? Did you get there to have like any sort of a lot vibe? Did you get to get in early? What was it like for you getting sure. there? Sure. I mean, first of all, I should say I went with my kid. Um, so I had a, a very atypical fish experience from, from most people. Um my kid is 14, so it's not like bringing a toddler. Um, but um, we went to the skate park beforehand, and then we went nice. to the lot and had some sandwiches and went in. Um, so, but generally speaking, it, I guess it's a different experience for me because I'm when, even though he's 14, when you're here with a kid, you're always constantly like, is he bored? Is he thirsty? Is that super like drunk person getting too close to him? You know? <laughs> yeah. Do I have to explain Dad what? 
Yeah, so it's not quite the same experience, but um, it seemed, you know, festive in the whole summer tour, um, you know, manner uh, to me. Was this your son's first fish show? It was his third. Yeah. His third. What, mm-hmm. is, what wow. else has he seen? Uh, we went to both Hershey shows last year in, in just Hershey Park. Yep. Oh, that's awesome. Did, did yeah. he dig it? Does he listen to fish with you at home? Um, he does not listen to fish with me at home. I think he would dig it more if it, it was a little shorter, <laughs> you know? Uh, I think he said it was pretty good. I asked him, um, he was getting into it by the end. Um, the other thing he, when people were clapping during mount, uh, he was kind of like, why are they not clapping to the beat? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I was just like, well, they're clapping to a beat, but I mean, that just, I always thought that was kind of like Trey and Mike just kind of playing on the, um, rock show cliche of, of the claps, but doing it to like the hardest beat to clap to imaginable. Yeah. <laughs> totally. And Mike is, Mike is totally in like, I don't know, like test mode. He's just like, you can see him like watching the Tell me he's got to stay for stash. Breath. We actually like clap mm. with the beat. That, that, that yeah, right. better, but no, that's really funny. Um, no, that's cool. I mean, I, I, I've, I've been in that experience. My, my son's about half, half your son's age and I took him to tab at red rocks and that one set was good. And then when the set break and the second set started, he was like, I'm ready to go home. So I, yeah. I, I get that. Um, Dana, once you were able to get in and get settled, what was the vibe for you? Like, was it like, was there more energy because it's a tour opener or what, how did it feel to you? Um, well, I would say I, I felt like the vibe of the show was like a full, like beautiful tray of baklava, you know, since this mm. is uh, the section 119, um, vibe, it's like, you can, there's like, it's beautiful and you're ready and, and it's full. It's just like there for the taking. That's how it feels anyway, you know, pulling up to the first fish show and especially like, you know, I had the, a, quite the full, um, you know, next couple of weeks planned out. So it was like, and I, I could feel that energy sort of culminating from everybody. And even the band too, I felt like at a certain point, it's like, all right, like here we are, like this is pro season, it's summer tour and, and fish is playing, you know, then, better than than they've played i think in a long time they're like reaching yeah. stride um, so that's how i felt like just world of opportunity you know i like that that's, that's the best feeling <laughs> i love that of baklava. yeah and i did have a delicious piece of baklava from our friend uh jake slash roy dunk so i'm sure you guys know him on the lot yeah <laughs> i i had a bunch of that last summer it was excellent it was uh it was it was everywhere it was amazing yeah, and I really think he's got it dialed in now too. <laughs> it was the best piece I've had last night. He's got his recipe working. No, that's incredible. <laughs> um, so, so summer tour first first show of tour. Um, Megan, Jonathan, any thoughts on your guys' standpoint? Uh, just listening back of like the overall vibe to your ears. I feel like they came out. <clears throat> excuse me, uh, playing strong. Uh, energy's high. It's not tentative at all. Um, so yeah, I think this is a, felt like a great start. Yeah, I was, I was definitely kind of like, it's okay. I can't go to the show. I'm going to be fine about it. And then my best friend ended up going a little bit last minute. And so she's texting me pictures. She's two feet from the stage. She's like drinking a Casamigos tent. There's like a Casamigos tent right there. She's got like a big fresh tequila and soda. And she's just like super happy and glowing and then i was just like 
oh, that feeling in the gut, like, God, why am I not there? But I agree. I felt like, Jonathan, what are you going to say? Were you more jealous of the fish or the tequila? (laughs) I mean, together, it's just such a good combination, you know? Especially for summer tour. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like, oh, Mm -hmm. nailed it. Anyway, I'm hoping that Casamigas tent is, like, coming on tour everywhere, and it's not just a Great Woods thing, so... We'll Let's just set up a Casamigas virtual tent here. We uh, Casamigas, if you're out there listening, we we can do a Casamigas virtual hang here yeah. for uh, for summer tour. They need um, to be a sponsor. They do, they do. It's uh, it's it's a tequila everybody's drinking right now. Um, let's let's jump into the show here, the music. Um, so the band comes out, and it's always amazing. They come out on stage and they start playing music and it's just like, it's the simplest thing. They're just, they're back. It happened. It's, they're just, they're, they're playing music again. You hear that Trey's guitar immediately and you're like, okay, fish just continues. They exist. It's amazing. Um, they open up with a really fun sandwich jam ghost set your soul free. We got uh, wedge mound mounts in the mist back on the train and Ruby waves. I've been around tube and about to run. Um, Dana, starting with you, what was your overall highlight of this set? And how did it sound like overall from a flow standpoint to you? Um, I'm just looking at the set list again. I mean, honestly, the ghost sandwich, even I, I listened to it. I missed it in the moment. Or I walked in, I think, during Set Your Soul Free. Um but that that's an awesome opener and like to have it all like sandwiched up like that and like, you know, such a fun little run. Um, I would say that was probably the highlight of the first set anyway, or um, I really dug the back on the train as well. Very like funky, like grooving back on the train. And I love back on the train too. So that I definitely have this chugle, man. It's just like yeah, such exactly, a groove. Exactly. Chugling around the moat. <laughs> It is. It really is. That moat is like such a nice feature at Great Woods where like I sat the first time I went there, I was like, what the hell? They have seats in the lawn. What is going on here? And then the second time I had seats in there and I just like left those seats and went down into the moat because it was just that's where it is. That's where it's all happening. Um, Bob, what about you? What were your highlights for for set one? Um I think I agree with the set your soul free, um, jam in it for sure. Um, it was just really aggressive and really, um, I, I'm not really a gear guy, but someone, people online were talking that, that Fishman has a new kit, um, which I don't know if it's true or not, but he was really, um, feel like really creatively invigorated and, um, they all were just really locked in. They were all playing, um, parts that separately sounded great, but together, you know, were even better. Um, and aside from that, um, I mean, the wedge is probably my favorite non jam vehicle song of fish and, um, songs from rift and nectar just kind of sound right in great woods. So that was great to hear. Yeah. And, uh, the Ruby waves jam, which again was just like a massive fishman showcase, um, was, um, really incredible too. I felt, and I'm curious everyone's thoughts to this, like, so I really enjoyed the tour opener in the spring run that they did the first night in Alabama. They came out, they played um, just an amazing second set. Uh, the the next night then opened with like a big jam off of uh, Sigma Oasis. It was just like, it was a really good vibe to like kick off the overall tour. I think spring tour started with a twist jam. It was just, it's very unique. This like when they come out and they open with ghost, which is what a, 
totally out of left field opener, but it's pretty rare that you get that to open a show and immediately take that into a jamming space and then go into set your soul free, which we all know is another jam vehicle. Like it's 23, 24 minutes of just creativity right out the gates, but they felt really there. There felt like a lot of like delicacy in their playing and they felt like they were, Nobody was trying to like force something through. It was just Fishman and Trey mm-hmm. kind of going back and forth with a lot of ideas. Paige really seemed in command of his sense. Um, I'm curious, Megan and John, what were you guys' thoughts just like on the overall plane? Like, did you hear it similar to how I'm hearing it? Yeah, I felt like they were really listening to each other right away. I mean, I th- this ghost opener was actually one of my highlights of the set. I think it was really exploratory right off the bat, like really layered, thoughtful really nice little segue into set your soul free. It's not like the perfect segue, but it's, it's kind of cool. And I think that set your soul free jam, you can hear them like listening and trying things and playing with each other in a really cool way. And I love this Ruby waves. I thought an interesting placement, like first set Ruby waves. I don't know. Now I always think of Ruby waves as this like second set monster, but it was incredible. I mean, Fishman, like you were saying, Bob was amazing during this Ruby Waves. It it sounded like he was playing electronic music at some point. Like he was playing so fast and it was really driving, like really, really cool. I I listened to that and I was like, this is, this is great. If we're going to hear more about of this, like I'm on board. Yeah. I I love the transitions, the jams and ghosts and set your soul free were, you know, micro jams, not very long, but quality and the transition into set your soul free was beautiful um, really loved the Ruby waves back in the train was like a perfect tight little version, but you know, you mentioned delicacy and this brings me to one of my possible top highlights of the set was Trey solo and mountains in the mist. Mm. Really got me. Yes. Time. I don't know. Gorgeous. There you go. Yeah. I agree. That stood out to me too. It was really beautiful. Well, that kind of gets to something like everyone here has brought up two points that like I I felt as well. One, Bob, you were talking about Fishman's plane. Like I, I want to be clear before I say what I'm about to say. I don't think he took a step down in any sort of way following last year's performance. I think he's been just as good. I just don't feel like I've heard him as much as I was hearing him last summer. Um, Like specifically, I think about um, like the deer Creek run last summer. I think about the Atlantic city, or no, sorry, the Hershey Ruby Waves. I think about parts of Fall Tour where like Fishman was so prominent and it was almost like he was playing the lead instrument in a lot of jams. I felt in some cases like that went away in Mexico and MSG and I could hear Trey a lot more. Last night I felt like Fishman reemerged as this like lead instrument of, of the band and like some of these jams, specifically the Ruby Waves, felt really pushed forward by Fishman's playing. Um, but beyond that... What you just said, Jonathan, about the Mountains of the Mist solo, like to me, one of the highlights of 2021 was the ballad playing. And that was something like going into a year, I never thought I would say that that is one of the best things that um, uh, would happen at a fish show. And Mountains of the Mist last night, like felt like just a a standout ballad performance. I I don't know if there's just difference in the mixing or maybe there's a new kit. I I haven't heard that yet either, but... um... Fishman does sound really good on the live fish recording from last night. Yeah. Uh, good, good mixing at, at least. I, I felt I last <laughs> night ahead. about fish is that, uh, Fishman specifically, um, I didn't hear any samples. 
Mm. Not until the very end. There's like one oh, there sample. Was, there there's was one a at the end. Sampling. I think it was at the end of yeah, yeah. Puncher in the Eye. They like were coming down to like the oh, final. Oh, really? I didn't hear the that. final draw, and he just goes, yeah, like perfectly timed. <laughs> nice. Which we let we let my son stay up to watch the webcast with us, and he thought that that was the funniest thing in the world when the mm-hmm. yeah came on. It's like, all right, Fishman's got his demographic, but that's a really yes. good point as well. Like, I feel like he wasn't leaning on that; he was just mm-hmm. playing drums. Mm-hmm. Right. And and so maybe like when he was like leaning on that stuff a little more because it's so like it's um it's so hard to miss. Except apparently I missed one last night. But when he does like, you know, go on those yes or the mm-hmm. ooh, 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 impossible to miss. So he's like really like yeah. take, taking more of like the driver's seat, I feel like. Yeah, it's and very jarring so and attentioning. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's it's really funny how like you know, he's got these toys and when he chooses to use them, he seems to choose to use them like in a way that is almost like, can I annoy Trey? You know, like when he used them in the Arkansas show last year was like, I'm going to put this enslaved to the traffic mm-hmm. light to see like, does Trey actually find this funny? And and then like the nights where he just like sets, sets back and decides to just like play. I, I think Trey always finds it funny and that's mm-hmm. why Fish will keep doing it. Um, sure, I want to sure. respond to this comment from Savage Ten one zero zero five about the mountains in the mist, not thinking it's more spectacular than any of the recent versions. I wasn't suggesting that it was necessarily, but if you look at and listen to the set, this is the only slowdown in the set. Mm-hmm. It is it the is. It, it it's a hot set, um, except for maybe I've been around, but it's also distinctly different from that. So I really yeah. really just loved that contrast, particularly after Ghost Set Your Soul Free Ghost Wedge Mound. Like, Trey, it's very different playing from Trey on that than what we had just been hearing. So it well, really stood out to me in the in, moment of the listen. In the mountains in the mist, uh, I, will, I will say though that in my section, it was almost totally drowned out by people talking, which is kind of like wow. a summer tour thing, kind of in general. I think just the you're outdoors, it's a 75 degrees and beautiful, you've got a beer in hand, you know. Um, You've had a beer in your hand since noon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah exactly. You were um, friends you haven't seen in months, type of thing. Twenty thousand right. people there. So I'll, I look. That's probably why they just played that one slow song. Although I think the delicacy that you talk about showed itself in like Trey's little fills and wedge and um, Paige. Mm-hmm. What you know during the ball of energy part of uh, Ruby Waves, he does that little squiggle. You know, on his since. Um, oh, that was so fun. Does all kinds of cool stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. Did you guys think, um, just to wrap up set one, when I was watching this, the ending to about to run seemed like Fishman seemed to want to keep going. He like added a few additional fills as Trey was just like hammering away on one chord. And it kind of sounded to me like, okay, we've got another like space for this song to go in. And then Trey kind of ended it. And it didn't look like the band knew that like they were taking a set break at that point in time. Did that, did you guys pick up on that in the venue or was that just something we were seeing at home? I didn't pick up on it. Okay. No, I know. I don't think so, but I was also like jamming the two. I, nobody mentioned the tube yet either. I thought that tube was, was pretty fun. I always love the tube. Give it a thought. Yes. Tube, tube, the (laughs) tube and see about to run. I love a tube. And, um, and that I was like, sort of bopping around quite a bit because I will say I think the only good ticket in Mansfield or the only good seat in Mansfield is to just walk around like because <laughs> the lawn it's like so packed like we, we couldn't I was like let's just go to the way back of the lawn 
and there wasn't even space back there. Um, but wow. I will say the people around me, they were like, there was some chomping for sure. But when the tube came in, it's like, all right, now it's time to jam. It's funny because no, there's, there's, there's that uh, Twitter account, uh, Did They Jam Out Tube, that for like six or seven years had a really good run of like, nope, sorry, <laughs> they didn't jam out tube. And now they just like, they jam out tube in a way that like, I, don't, I think it was only like seven, maybe eight minutes. It really mm. wasn't six that and like a, Six and a half. Six yeah. and a half. Yeah. And like that yeah. middle section feels like so oh, much dude. is happening in there. So like, good. My, my brother texted me after the show. He was at the show last night and he was just like, how is there no song over 12 minutes? I felt like I was jamming the whole night. It was one of those nights where like, it doesn't yeah. matter that they push, they don't push yeah. things out super far, but like they get to these musical spaces really quickly. Um, I think Trey had to pee. That's why the set ended where it did. You know, <laughs> forgive him. It's not like he uh, blew it on the second set. That sounds that sounds about right. Um, all right, we are going to talk about set two here in a second. But before we do that, we do need to take a very quick set break. And what better way to take a set break than with Sunset Lake CBD? Meg, do you want to tell us a bit about Sunset Lake CBD? I'd love to, Brian. Sunset Lake CBD's line of smokable hemp products are perfect for the old deadhead or for the young fish fan at Greatwoods for the first time, whether it was 1993 or it was here in 2022, anybody searching for a mellow body high. Smoking CBD has all the benefits of high THC cannabis, but without the paranoid and anxious side effects. They have nine different strains from this year's harvest, so there's something for everyone. Hawaiian Haze is awesome for an outdoor show like Great Woods Night 2 tonight, and Cherry Abacus is best for the end of the night. All the flower is grown, cured, and trimmed by Sunset Lake CBD farmers. Even better, Sunset Lake CBD's farm-to-table approach gets you great pricing on premium CBD flour because they ship directly from their farm to your door, and it comes really fast, too. So order today. Check them out, sunsetlakecbd.com. Use the coupon code HFPOD. You are going to get 20% off all your products. Sunset Lake CBD, farmer-owned, Vermont-grown. And I will say, if you haven't tried the gummies for sleep, they're amazing. They have melatonin and wonderful sleeping CBD in them. And I'm going to be using them tonight after I'm on Wook Plus at 1130 at night after the encore. So I'm going to need something to put me asleep because I'm going to be amped up to stay up way past my bedtime tonight. <laughs> we'll see how I do. <laughs> you're, going to, you're going to be a star. You're going to be a star. Yeah, thanks, Ryan. Um, uh, Bob and Dana, what did you guys do during set break? I'm guessing two very different experiences because Bob, I'm guessing you had to reload on like chicken fingers and French fries. <laughs> yeah. and soda. Uh, but we'll start with you, Bob. What, what was your set break routine last night? How did it, how did it look? Um, it actually wasn't that at all. Uh, first of all, my kid's vegetarian, <laughs> but, um, uh, I, um, actually went to, I met, um, Taylor Franklin from .net, um, oh, nice. in, in real life for the first time after being friends and colleagues, pseudo colleagues online for about two or three years. Um, and he's a great guy. Uh, I'll give him credit for this joke. Um, but he pointed out that it was very funny that they closed the first set with a song called about to run. Um, which, uh, I think, um, dovetails with your comment that maybe Trey just had to pee. Um, so it's like, I'm about to run. <laughs> um, but it seemed like a short set break, so we just did that and came back to our seats. Yeah. There it is. Dana, how about you? What was set break? You were, you were moving around the venue. What was set break like? 
Exactly. Yeah. I was just, I was just moving around, just trying to find like, you know, a good space where I, you know, have, have room to dance. And that's really all that, that matters to me is like, as long as I can hear it and I have room to move around freely, like I said, I'll, I'll be at the back of the venue and, and that's just fine. Um, but I was there with my sister last night with her third fish show. Um, so it was a lot of sort of just talking about, you know, what, what was going on in, the first set and what was different and she's you know I'm like running with my my crowd of like you know veteran looks and uh they're all just sort of taking her through like the scene and um I do explain to her what a custy was because somebody called her a custy on the lot <laughs> oh no I know, oh, no to be fair she was totally custying up but <laughs> <laughs> it's her third fish show that's fair exactly 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 yeah do. exactly um i too was once a young custy um we all been there right yeah. right but then you know we settled and, and we found our our spot and uh yeah pretty pretty short set break they, they were all business last night i feel like early start time kind of a shorter set break it felt like anyway Mm, I agree. They were set. They were setting the table. I get it's it. It's funny. Yeah. I got a text during the set break uh, from a friend who was watching from home, and he said, "Long set break." <laughs> so I guess he had fewer people to go visit. And shorter. <laughs> yeah, back less interesting at home. So, <laughs> the real test I, I, is: Can I get a shower during the set break? That's how you know from home. Whether set it's break a long shower is, break. is Jonathan's move on couch tour. That's, that's so the move. I went outside to, to water the gar- the garden and uh, I thought I could do the whole thing. And my wife comes out and she was like, they're back on. I was like, ah, like halfway done. So, you know, great little set break activity. But um, let's jump into set two here. So set two, we've got Chalk Dust in the Plasma in the Week of Pog and Assad again in the Prince Caspian. Number line, Bug and Sand with Punch in the Eye and Say It to Me Santos in the Encore. Um Dana, what was your overall highlight? What were your thoughts on this overall set? Um, well, I definitely, I, I think I enjoyed it more than set one. I thought there was a lot more um, uh, movement, I guess, like a lot more uh, deeper jamming. I didn't, I, I, I did this, like I crunched some numbers. It was funny. I, just to see like what the You've come to the right podcast um, if you you have. You're going to get on Brian's good side. Um, Yeah, just to see like what the average um, length of the songs in the show because I I felt like a lot of them were shorter. So Mm -hmm. for those at home, it was about six and a half to seven minutes was about the average time for songs uh, of this show. Um, And yet there was so much going on. I mean, I'm just looking at at this now and seeing little arrows uh, that go pretty much straight through Chalk Dust, Plasma, Weak Pog, Side Again, Caspian, Numberline, Bug. I mean, that's wild. Yeah, um, that's crazy. But Plasma, I would say, was probably, uh, I would say, one of the peaks of the whole show for me. Um, and uh, just watching Trey peak that one, I was sort of off to the side at this point, down in the pavilion now. Uh, so I started off to the side in the pavilion and uh, I'm looking at Trey and, and they have the lights on the crowd and you can see the whole crowd just moving like crazy and Trey's just having a blast, you know, peeking it at them. And um, so I would say that was a, that was a highlight of the whole show for me was just seeing Trey peak the plasma. I kind of feel like the plasma was my overall highlight of the show as well. Mm-hmm. I was listening back to it this morning and I was just like, no, that's a song that, 
for so long, I wanted fish to play bring over from tab because it just felt like such, it was like how uh, undermined was before they brought undermined over. Like it just felt like a, a fish song and like a song that needs to be played live. It needs to be like explored in a lot of cases. Um, and it wasn't for so long. I think it was like 10 years before they finally played plasma. And then you got some versions that like stayed really in the pocket and like stayed really in the groove last night it just like it felt like they could have gone anywhere with it like that that felt at times had they not found the weak upon groove riff about eight minutes in he kept going a little bit longer about 12 minutes in, he finally goes okay we're, we're going over to weak upon had they not found that riff it felt like that was the song that could have been like the 20 plus minute jam of last night and didn't need to be but like it had that vibe of just like creativity is flowing um bob what about you what were your highlights of the second step <laughs> Um, yeah, they didn't have a, like a long jam, but it did feel like the whole, everything up through Caspian was kind of like one long jam, if, if that makes sense. Um, it had yeah. a really nice flow to it. Um, like I said earlier too, with, with the Rift and Nectar songs, like playing Chalk Dust in Great Woods just feels like right to me. Like when I was a kid and a teen, um, like Chalk Dust was like a, a radio hit in, in like the Boston area. It was like played in between like Nirvana and Smashing Pumpkins, like on the same kind of level. So to hear it in Great Woods, I haven't been to Great Woods in ages, was was just super fun and just felt perfect. Um, and uh, for me, I think the highlight was the Wikipa into Sodigan. Um, just that Wikipa was just, for, uh, first of all, I've never seen, I know they've done it before, but I've never seen Wikipa played standalone. So that was really exciting for me. Yeah. Um, and um, just that the jam was really gnarly and kind of out there and um, going into Saw It Again, just the combination of that kind of gnarly week upon and Saw It Again kind of had like 1997 vibes to me, um, which was really cool. Um, I feel they should have, I felt like they were going to push Saw It Again to like 10, 15 minutes, which would have been like an all time highlight, but they didn't do that. Um, but that whole suite, was fantastic. Um, the plasma riff, maybe it's just me, but I kept thinking they're going to NICU and I was so pumped when it turned out to be plasma instead. Um, and like, it totally delivered on that promise. I can totally see that groove like working. If like Trey just like sped up what he was doing in Choctaw's torture to NICU. But yeah, I agree. The plasma worked really nicely there. Jonathan, what were your thoughts? Yeah. Plasma was the right call over NICU. I never unhappy seeing NICU. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But, uh, yeah, we're at second slot on set two. Let's go big. And I think they did. I, I think that Plasma, Weekapog Groove segment, those two are almost, I, I can't separate them in my brain, even though I listen to them and I know I can cue them up separately. Um, and uh, yeah, it's a great set. Really love the jamming and just love the, the feel that they had going on, for particularly in the first half of the set. Um, but I, I thought it, it landed reasonably well. I, I noticed that Trey's voice sounded a little hoarse by the time they got around to number line. Um, but, you know, there's a little something going around. So hopefully he's, uh, you know, he's resting it, get some tea and whatever he'll be fine tonight. Get some extra vocal coaching, a little massage there and all that. And uh, Megan, you, you like, for as long as we've been doing this podcast, you love like bright grooves and like grooves that like, there's like a happy vibe there's like a bubbly vibe but like you can dance to it you can boogie to it this third quarter felt very much in your vein when you listened back this morning did you did you feel similar or i completely off base on your taste at this point 
Oh no, Brian, you know me so well. That's my jam. No, I love this set. Yeah, I thought it was great. I agree. It just had so much energy, like especially like when they're at that kind of plasma weekapog saw it again moment. I thought the energy was just off the charts. Hearing them like find saw it again and just like you can hear Trey laughing when he's singing it. It just was like so fun and just had that like summer vibes of like we're outside, we're jamming. And I totally agree that um, I think it was Ryan Walker, one of our listeners was saying that like, the songs felt like they were just like blast off points. I feel like that's a really, really great way to describe it. Like they're kind of like taking a song that they find, throwing it out there, jamming it in a way that felt really effortless, but then finding their them place their selves somewhere new, which I thought was really cool. And I thought the whole set was fantastic. I really loved the saw it again. I thought it was cool and just like had a lot of energy. I also thought it was going to go far. It's kind of sad that it didn't, but then I really loved the like intro to Caspian over the like dark side again mm. ending. Like, yeah. That was a really cool moment. And I, that was great. I love how they've been finding Caspian out of these like darker moments. I just think that's been really, really cool. And I also thought the sand ripped. I loved it. Yeah. The yeah. Caspian, um, ripcord is not always welcome, but it really worked last night. Mm-hmm. I thought it, um, and Trey's solo in Caspian was, um, really extraordinary as well. Yeah, I actually loved the Caspian too. And, and I told my boyfriend, I was like, what Caspian? And like Caspian's <laughs> never really spoken to me before, but last night for whatever reason, I was like, wow, that was, I think it was just placed very nicely mm-hmm. and, uh, yeah, brought, brought a nice, I think um, They've been doing that lately, though. They've been playing it, like, in the right moments, out of something kind of dark, and it's been playing – they've been playing it really well. I just – I think they've been really nailing Caspian lately. Yeah, I kind of find – ever since the Magnaball version, when, you know, it wasn't the first time that that song had jammed, but it was just such a monumental version that they played. It seems like a song that whenever it starts, there's – Uh, unlimited possibilities even if they totally stay in the pocket you get a great solo like what you had last night it serves as like a breather it serves as that transition like what ryan walker said those kind of sets where you don't get one big jam but you get like touch points where it's like okay now we're back to like we're back to earth like let's let's reassess and then we're off again and then we're going to jump back to like you know this safe landing place and then we're back off again and Caspian kind of feels like one of those songs that serves as a bridge in a set like that it's really nice even if it's not very long i found when they started singing it over their saw it again riff like there was a part of me that was like, just play Caspian like this for this version alone. Like, just like have this weird, demented oh, be riff so behind cool. you and be singing Prince Caspian. But, um, you know, it's interesting. I, I was I was seeing a lot last night online about um, Weekapog Groove and, you know, the fact that that song was such a jam vehicle throughout the late 1990s and has been uh, played a little bit more straight going forward. Um, but yeah. last night really found this kind of dark weird space that worked perfectly as a uh, as a segue into saw it again what did you guys think of the week and what was a what was it like inside the venue for that that version well week is like i mean for me anyway it's um it's such a groover you know i feel like it's like a you know funky bit like all those you know mic songs are just like such groovers um, but this week of Pog, like I, I took some notes during the show and all I wrote was dark Pog. <laughs> so it was like, it was really like 
it was sort of like darker and deeper and weirder. And I felt like they were going like different places with it, which I kind of love. I love seeing them, you know, put the script on their own songs like that. And, uh, and then when they took it into that sod again, that was like exactly where I wanted it to go. And my first sod again. Oh, wow. Really? Cool. Mm-hmm. That's a great, that's a great. I think having timer. it unmoored from mics on hydrogen yeah, uh, kind mm. of frees them to do mm. more yeah. with it. They don't have know? to close the like totally. groove suite type of thing, mm. right? I think I think when they play the suite and when they actually get through to the third song without getting derailed, <laughs> um, then they they do they feel a little like obligated to just kind of wrap it these days. But uh, yeah, they had a little window to get out, and they did. Yeah, I'm looking that got really at really discordant and really kind of like chaotic right. sounding. Yeah. Atonal yeah, it did. weirdness. Yeah. Yeah. And it's it's one of those songs. There's a great video of um the three thirty one ninety two show from um uh I believe it's right out of Saint outside of St. Louis, uh or maybe Columbia, but they play Weekapog Groove and when they start it, like it's this tiny little room and the entire crowd just like moves perfectly to the beat of the song. That's like you know, 50 people packed up front mm. in front of fish and you've got the mink in behind them. And like the way that the crowd is dancing is just like the way that a fish crowd dances in my mind. It's one of my favorite mm. YouTube videos <laughs> on, 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 online. And it's got this, like just such a bubbly, just like candy groove, just like built into the song itself. But like personally, I love when it goes off into like dark spaces, the way that it did kind of in the late 1990s. And I'm looking at the jam charts and it's relatively rare. Like there was a great version in Vegas last year when they found um, uh, the the little squirrel. Was that the, li- the line that they were using throughout the latter part of yeah. Fall Tour, that, that song that they were back and forth from? There was a great version from Mexico. There was the version from 123018 that goes in and out of cross-eyed and tube. Um, and then before that, you've got a cool uh, electric funeral-like theme on Nashville 2015, and there's a great weird drum circle version from Miami 2015. Mm-hmm. But aside from that, it's pretty much played straight. And last night, felt like it felt like it uh, maybe opened some sort of a portal for where this song could go this mm-hmm. summer. I don't know. It's one to like to like watch as as the tour continues. And I love it too because if you th- if you really th- think about it, in the last like five to ten years, really a lot of three point I guess um, so many of their jam vehicles are slow or mid tempo songs like mm. No Men's and so you know aside from really Soul Planet and um, Ruby Waves, they're all pretty slow to start jams off with. And and this show we got you know Weekapa, Ruby Waves, and um, Chalk Dust, which are all pretty up tempo jam vehicles. Already. You know, so it's kind of like a great great start to uh, the tour that's a really good point and like the idea that like you go from a fast song into a jam it changes things than like going from something slow yeah um one thing i noted i'm looking at the gap chart here we had uh four significant gaps of songs returning we had mound which was the first version of 4.0 last played at the infamous Third night of Charleston, 2019, 12, 8, 19, 61 shows ago. Uh, I've been around. This is kind of shocking to me. 38 shows ago. Can anyone guess just offhand what was 38 shows ago? Does anybody know? The Gorge? 
It was the gorge. It was the first time. <laughs> wow. Well done. I'm like, I I'm like blown away that that was almost 40 years, 40 shows ago in history. That, that blows wow. me away. Wow. Years um, ago. Crazy. They played the gorge last year. Yeah. I, it was last summer. It's wild. Uh, right. Well, that's what I was thinking. I was like, well, I didn't see it. And what shows didn't I go to last summer? There it is. Oh, nice. There it is. <laughs> Process of elimination. Uh, 36 shows for Saw It Again, which was 8, uh, 829. So we had a been around and Saw It Again returning from the gorge. And then Punch You in the Eye, first version since Nashville 2021, which was uh, 48 shows ago. And this was also just double checking here. I guess it was played in the encore on 630 2019, but it's a really rare encore slot mm -hmm. for that song. It was cool to hear that in the encore when Trey came out. I, I I felt like I heard the first chord of Slave, and I was like expecting just a straight up Slave encore, and then he starts doing the guitar muting, and the place went absolutely insane because that is a that is a really fun song to play in the encore. It is also the longest gap on that song since 1993. Wow! 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 That's it felt weird when they played it because I was like, they haven't played this in a long time, yeah. and that is not typically a bust out. Yeah. That's crazy. 1993. And, and mm -hmm. the other ones don't even really approach it. Uh, there was 37 show gap, but it was in 1994 and that's two months long. So that doesn't really count. Um, right. Right. That's 1994 yeah. time frame when they're playing yeah. like 150 shows. Exactly. Uh, but yeah, no, that's wild. Um, I just, I, I'm just kind of in shock right now to see that the gorge was almost 40 shows ago. That was like the end of summer tour last year. That's wild. Um, all right, Bob and Dana, busy year, busy year. We got fall. We had fall tour. We had this spring. Um, tell us last final thoughts about last night's tour opener and um, what are you guys going to be seeing here throughout the uh, remainder of summer tour. And we'll go with you first. Um, so overall highlights of the show. Is that what you yeah. Just final thoughts on, on kind of what you, what, what your final favorite thoughts, thoughts were on the show. Um, there's a few pieces of baklava missing from the tray now, but it's still <laughs> very full and full of, of possibilities. And I'm really excited <laughs> to see, I mean, it's so clear that they're like, you know, they're gloves off. Like they're, it's like a wheel or something. Like it just gets faster and faster and more and more and more crazy. I think as the tour is going to go on. So um, I'm excited to, to talk to you guys again at the end of the tour and, uh, yeah. you know, see how things have changed and, and how some of these, like, you know, things that we saw, like the Dark Week of Pog or whatever, like see what kind of new shapes some of these songs take that, that we weren't expecting. I'm right there with you. Yeah. I'm, I'm excited to see like, what they introduced here and, and, and what is going to be impacted overall throughout the tour. It's, it's the fun part about a tour opener. Bob, what about you? Um, I basically, I just thought it was a good show. No, like not just a good show for an opener, but a good show period, which really I think goes well for the tour in general. Um, I kind of expected a good show. There's a lot of unsold tickets left for the tour. So they're, you know, um, I assume they'd start throwing some fastballs this weekend. And I think man's is going to be like super hot um, for those who are going to that. Um, no, it was, it was a great evening. Yeah. That point about like by the time ghost kind of lifted off into this like ethereal space, I was like, I don't think that this is a tour opener. This is like something that could be played five 
10 nights into a tour, just like smack dab in the first set uh, that, that just kind of feels normal in a very good way. So um, I and was Deer, and Deer Creek wasn't that long ago either, you know, right. By, right. 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 By break standards go three or four months. Right. It seems like forever to me, honestly. I feel like it was like, Six, like weeks, six weeks, right? Yeah, yeah it was right. not long. Yeah. And then MSG New Year's wasn't even that long before that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's, that is the crazy thing about this tour is like most years they play a normal New Year's Eve run in a normal year where thing, everything is working just the way that it should. And then they play, they take like six months and maybe they rehearse together. Maybe Trey they plays throw with Mexico Tad. in there. Maybe mm-hmm. they throw a Mexico in there, but then like, mm-hmm. you know, you don't get – we had 16 fish shows before summer tour spread out over a couple of months, but like we had a lot of fish to, to get this. So they're, they're at a, they're at a good point going into this. It kind of feels more like we're starting fall tour in summer versus Mm. just like a straight summer tour, which is really nice. Mm. Um, I'm really excited for it. Bob and Dana, thank you both for hanging with us. You both will be back throughout the summer to talk with us about this. So we're really excited to hear your thoughts and we'll hold you to every opinion, opinion that you made about this show as the tour goes on. So <laughs> it was a pleasure. Thank you so much. Thanks so much guys. Yeah. Thank you. Have a guys. good one guys. Awesome. Thank you guys. All right. Night one is in the books. You guys feel good? Wow. I'm excited. Yeah. yeah. I feel like that was a good night one. Like, we're in a good spot. You're spoiled. Solid night one. I'm very, very excited. I, I feel spoiled as well. Um, one one quick comment here from Neil Landry he said, given the strength of the opener, I have high hopes. I'm excited mm-hmm. about the possibility that they pick up where they left off tonight. I think that I, I feel that vibe too. I feel that as well. It's uh, you, you want a tour opener to walk out being like, that was great. What's next? And that's kind of how I feel. That's how, how I feel that we are. Cause we got 25 more of these. Um, so we will be back tomorrow. Same time, same place, different day, 1 PM Eastern to recap night two of great woods. We have Heather Parker and Brian Parker who will be joining us for that show to talk through their experiences at great woods they thought of the vibe, what they thought of the venue. This is the first two night run at Great Woods since the year 2000 when Fish donned the cover album of The Fish from Vermont. Fish 2000. Big year. Big year. In the year 2000. Yes. Remember that <laughs> Conan O'Brien segment from the 90s? Which that Great Woods run has a really, really cool down with disease and it has a really cool piper that I would encourage people to go back and check out. The the beauty of a two night run. Um ninety nine they also played a great, great two night run. That was where the four play long time came in. But seven thirteen ninety nine, that first set, some of my favorite, favorite playing of that summer tour. So um all good stuff to listen to as uh as you're getting ready for night two of fish. Seven o'clock ticket time, seven thirty showtime uh get into great woods it's a friday night i don't want you to have to battle friday night boston traffic any more than i do um I hope everybody you're on your way i hope you're on your way now because you got to get in there um we'll be back tomorrow 1 p.m eastern to talk through great woods night two thanks everyone for hanging with us thank you all for your comments 
Listen for the ocean songs, and we will see you tomorrow. Bye, everyone. Bye, y'all. Osiris. The number you have reached is 100.7 WMMS. It wasn't just a radio station, it was a lifestyle. Cleveland is, is a rock and roll city for sure. Get down! The Wrath of the Buzzer. WMMS. Cleveland. The rise and fall of one of the most iconic radio stations in America. Profiles. The Wrath of the Buzzard. P-R-O-H Files. Subscribe now wherever you get podcasts. Hey, this is Dewey Halpas, host of Peer Pleasure on the Sound Talent Media Podcast Network. Join me each week as I explore another long-form conversation with one of your favorite musicians, actors, comedians, or creatives. From Chino Moreno of the Deftones, John Gorley of Portugal the Man, to Fat Mike from No Effects, and Ian Mackay from Fugazi and Minor Threat, we go all over the map. From Fallout Boy to Slayer, Peer Pleasure has it all. Check us out now on Sound Talent Media.